BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And for today's current mood combo, we are going to be joined by Josh Peck. Obviously, I'm sure you guys know him from Drake and Josh. However, while he tried to maintain his role as the funniest, happiest kid in every room, Josh struggled alone with the kind of rising anger and plummeting confidence that quietly took over his life. You guys, I listened to this book. You'll hear me talk about it with Josh. And it was a 10 out of 10 experience. It was literally so funny. I enjoyed every second of it. His story is just absolutely insane and amazing. It is so inspiring and he takes you through obviously his childhood, growing up on Nickelodeon and his young adult life and then all the social media stuff. It really, really spoke to me in a sense of him kind of handling depression type feelings, anxiety type feelings, addiction, addictive personality traits, dealing with trauma from parents, just like everything. It is such a good read, listen, however you want to consume it, you must consume it. And he is just absolutely hilarious. So we had to have him on the podcast to talk about all of the moody things in Happy People Are Annoying. But first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood this week, I was thinking of it this morning and... And, you know, it's just such a bummer because one little thing threw it off. But I will say, I still feel pretty good about it. My best mood this week is weirdly calm. And I know I've been talking a lot about how I've been just, like, anxious and depressed and, like, all this stuff lately. And I was super, super overwhelmed last week of just, like, making decisions of, like, when I'm going to leave Chicago to go to L.A. and then go to Europe. And those all sound like fun things. But, like, they're all things I don't necessarily totally feel like doing. But, like, I have to do type of things. I'm just not, like, a world traveler free spirit. Spirit, let's say, and just figuring out the next chapter of my life and all this stuff. And for the past week, like straight up, I've just been like, well, you know, it is what it is. Oh, well, does this person like me? Yeah, well, either they do or they don't. Well, I'm just going to book the flight. It's been weird. Like all these little intrusive thoughts will come up and I've just been weirdly like, okay, that's fine. Just not acknowledging them at all. Just not letting them get to me, not letting them give me anxiety, not letting them stress me out. It's been odd. And as I was thinking of it, I thought, I don't even know what advice to give these people because I don't know what's happening. I don't know why I'm not freaking out. I don't know why I'm kind of relaxed and calm. Why do I feel okay? And I think the reason why this is so appalling to me is because the exact period of my life right now that I'm in is on the precipice of the unknown. Like I genuinely don't know what my life is going to look like in July and August. And it's April. So I really got April and May kind of slightly figured out. And then after that, I have no idea. So the fact that I'm not totally making myself miserable and freaking out is truly incredible. I'm not really letting a lot get to me. I'm just kind of not engaging. I'm not searching for validation from other people. It's a very odd sense of peace. And I think the only thing I can credit to is just kind of completely putting myself out there on the podcast with like the drinking and then completely putting myself 
myself out there on YouTube as of today with just reiterating that and then talking about the fact that I'm single and that I went through another breakup, which I haven't even said on the podcast yet. And so I think maybe like this weight has been lifted off my shoulders of I don't know what is going on in my life, but at least I'm not pretending I know. And I think just being really transparent about that on the internet, which is my job to do, um, has definitely kind of taken a sense of this pressure off in a sense of I'm putting it out there and I'm letting you guys know that I have no idea what I'm doing and that that's okay and that you're allowed to change your mind and that you're allowed to fail and I don't know what's going to happen next and I'm just going to take you guys along for the ride and I think like taking the pressure off myself towards my job in that sense has also really really helped with that and it's kind of seeped into the other parts of my life whether it's like romantic validation friend validation family validation I've just like had these really like clear boundaries of I'm not letting anyone interrupt my peace and it's just made me really weirdly calm and so that's my best mood weirdly calm and my worst mood is just I think obviously like I said I'm a tad overwhelmed and I think when I just like see a lot of stuff on the calendar I I definitely have spoken about this before I'm just like a very visual person and it's so funny because if I just see nothing on a calendar it stresses me out and because I see nothing and then if I see a lot on the calendar it stresses me out I definitely think I'm a lot better at handling chaos and stress and like all that stuff I'm definitely a lot better at it than I give myself credit for so I think the quiet definitely stresses me out more but I think just being overwhelmed with the fact that I do know I have to go so many places and make so many decisions and do just so many things like that is it makes me hard on myself even in a sense of like I'll look at a calendar and I'll be like okay today's already Wednesday that's Thursday and Friday that I can have two more workouts and then I won't probably want to work out Saturday and then what about Sunday like I just like I look at life in like this really annoying like visually kind of productive time frame scenario, which obviously is kind of why I get anticipatory anxiety. Like I easily put pressure on myself. Like I'm not as present in the moment. So I've just been kind of like all day today, just been like, listen, like just because you're going out on Friday doesn't mean you, you know, can't have a great Saturday and Sunday and just like roll right into Monday. And like maybe next week is just going to be easy, even though there's a lot of stuff on the calendar. Like that's what I mean about being weirdly calm. Like I'm not making all of this craziness in my head, which it's really easy for me to do when I look at a calendar because for some reason a visual aid like that tends to really affect my mood. And I think usually I'm really hard on myself, but I think knowing that I have so many places to go contributes to both sides because part of me is like, okay, like really focus on your wellness because when you travel, it's really hard for you to focus on your wellness. So do it now. But at the same time, it's like, I want to be present and have fun and kind of not shame myself and judge myself and make myself think I need to be perfect in the meantime. So I think kind of like navigating that worst mood of finding the balance of being overwhelmed and being hard on myself. And so I think that's why the best mood is so shocking this week of like, I've been weirdly calm about it. I'm just making decisions and sticking to them and not shaming myself. And they're either going to be good or they're going to be bad. And we are going to figure it out because we do every time. For mood boosters this week, I thought of this one last week because I don't know why I haven't brought it up, but I feel like, you know, everyone's really into having their emotional support water bottles. And obviously you guys know that like drinking water and it's self is a mood booster because like how many times would our lives just be better and problems would be solved if we drank more water and I obviously have been always just like obsessed with hydro flasks right enter in probably months ago at this point I have these two water bottles from my mom's house and I'm obsessed with them they have become emotional support mood boosting water bottles and they are a hundred percent not on the go water bottles but I've just been weirdly liking having different like cups at home I know this sounds so weird 
but like I feel like if you're a girl that loves beverages, you know. And so it's, I'm going to post it on Instagram because it's this water bottle with a handle and a top that like goes in so ASMR beautifully. It has like a place for a straw, but I don't even use the straw. I just like click open the top and there has to be some type of ADHD thing that's like with it because I'm obsessed with putting the lid on and then like flipping the thing back and forth. I know I have ADD. So that's definitely a very niche part of what makes me happy about the water bottle. But I think I just love it because it has like a handle and I like drinking it in bed at home. Like it's less kind of like on the go sporty. It just honestly makes me happy. We all have our water bottle fetishes. So I'm not going to like defend it and over explain it. But I figured out that it's from Target because I was at Target the other week and I saw it And because this is literally the most random water bottle. I've never seen anyone else with this exact brand because it's just like everyone uses like Amazon to like get things delivered to their house. And my mom just happened to, I guess, get these from freaking Target. So if you use this water bottle, I'm going to post a picture of it on Instagram. I need you to let me know because I need to feel seen and I need to know who my people are. And if you are at Target, I need you to get this water bottle and just live your best life with me. I don't know why it makes me so happy. Like I can't explain it. Just being in bed being at home, being with this water bottle when the white one is clean. I'm so happy, but sometimes I will settle for the pink one. It doesn't make me as happy, but oh my God, it's just, wow. I actually feel better talking about the water bottle. I was feeling a little anxious before because I just, I had a crazy work day and oh wow, I feel better. My next mood booster. I don't know why I haven't used this before, but it is absolutely crazy. You'll see some of this stuff for like Mother's Day on Instagram, but I had like this meeting with the Sage Wellness girls. I'm such a big fan of Sage. They were mood boosters last week. And so I had this meeting with them on Zoom and they sent me like this rose mist. So I'm like opening this rose mist thinking like, you know, that it's going to be like a normal rose mist. Okay. So I guess I've never smelled high quality rose oil before because this motherfucking mist is the literal best thing I've ever smelled in my life. I was like, you're coming home with me. And so I got a new thing of the peppermint halo, like I told you guys last week. And then I smelled this rose mist for the first time today. And what made me so happy about it was learning even more about also like the essential oils and stuff, because one of their like wellness experts was telling me that I'm going to like find out like the exact thing, but basically like the human like vibration, like if you measure it in megawatts, we are vibrating or our energy level is 70 to 80 or something. And then like a plant is like, like, like basil is like 80 as well. Like that's how like living and like vibrating we are. And I guess like pure rose is like 300 megawatts or something. So it's like crazy, just amazing energy, vibrations, powerful for you. And I was like, well, no wonder me spraying this. I had such like a visceral, like euphoric reaction because it smells literally amazing and I love it. So it is becoming a part of my like nighttime routine as of today, because I think it'll be a really good reset. I also learned more, even more about the essential wellness oils that they curated that I already own. I just like love learning about stuff like that. And so I love talking to like like-minded people and just learning more about like little wellness things and stuff like that. And I just had such a great day talking about wellness with my mom. So it really was a mood booster for me. I know it's like pretty specific, but I feel as though if you guys are ever like shopping sage wellness stuff, because I talk about them, you got to do this rose oil. It's absolutely nuts. And then my last mood booster is that I'm really excited and it's making me happy because I'm planning to host just like a little girls, gals get together. And it made me realize that I haven't hosted anything in a really long time. And I just kind of like took initiative and I said, this is happening, my place, 
before the show Friday night, be there, be square. And I usually just always am kind of like, oh, like what's the plan? What's going on? And I haven't really had people over in a really long time. And you guys know how much I love hosting and having people over. And it's not been as big of a part of my life in Chicago as it has been previously in California. And I realized it today and I thought, oh, I'm actually really excited. Like I get to get ready. I'm like vlogging this week. So that'll be like a fun part of the vlog is getting ready to have the gals over. We're doing a little spritz tasting, which is Claudia, girl with no jobs, canned alcohol company. None of us have tried it yet. And so she sent me all the flavors and and it's also my friend's birthday. It's also Claudia's show. So there's just like a lot to celebrate. And I'm just so excited that I get to be like the one to have everyone over and host. And like, I just love, one of my friends kind of made fun of me the other week. She said, you love being needed. Of course, you're going to say yes when they ask you to pick them up from the airport because you want to be needed. Even though going to the airport sucks, like they need you, you want to be needed, you will pick them up. And I was like, okay, well, that's fucking rude. But it's like so true. I really like being needed. I think there's definitely something to figure out in like the trauma therapy world with that. But I just, I love taking care of people. I love putting things together. So it'll be not only a fun part of the vlog, but I think it'll really boost my mood. And just like knowing that it's something to look forward to is always fun. So even if there's like not something crazy or like big plans, like even if you just like invite one or two girls over and you just like make it like a little extra special by having having like a snack that you're excited to make or just a new thing you guys are excited to try together or watch on TV. I just think it's like such a nice little mood booster and I love stuff like that. So I think I've been going out a lot lately and I'm excited. I mean, granted, yes, we are going out later that night, but it's like the only time I have to go out all weekend this weekend. So I'm excited to kind of just like have only one thing on the horizon, but it be mostly like at my apartment and I get to be like my true cancer self. So the mood is pretty boosted. I think just honestly being my authentic self, being gentle on myself and just kind of trying not to be too hard on myself, trying not to think too much about the future, just like literally taking life one day at a time. It's It's been a pretty good seven days and that's coming from someone who has not talked to her therapist in two weeks. So she has clearly taught me well and oh my God, am I excited to talk to her next week? Let me tell you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, under eating, and overeating. I mean, these are all literal things that I have dealt with. There is not a single one of these things that I just mentioned that I have not dealt with because of stress and anxiety. And I think the first step is just knowing that those are symptoms of stress and anxiety. The mind and the body are connected. And so I wouldn't know those things if it weren't for obviously therapy and my therapist kind of talking me through like logically what is happening and really helping me come up with coping mechanisms and stuff because having your stomach hurt sucks. Like having your teeth grinding, like I've had times where my jaw is so sore it's annoying. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. Literally, words to live by. I just saw a TikTok today that was like, everyone was like, lean in, lean in. And this girl was like, all of a sudden, I'm 36 and I've worked so hard. I'm burnt out and I've never had like a serious relationship and all this stuff. She was like, this is my sign to you. If you're young, like lean out sometimes because taking care of yourself is just as important as accomplishing any other thing ever, period period even relationships. Your relationship with yourself is the most important because if you don't feel good, you can't do good. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. So give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Mood listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com 
mood. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash mood. Okay, guys, I'm so excited for you to listen to this current mood convo with Josh. It's just super fun. And I really think it's going to get you so excited to listen to his book like I did. If you're craving more Lauren Elizabeth content, obviously go check out the new video I just uploaded, youtube.com slash love Lauren Elizabeth. Linked it on Instagram at Lauren Elizabeth. And obviously follow at mood with Lauren Elizabeth to find all the mood boosters, boost your mood throughout the week when we're not sitting here chatting on the podcast and enjoy Josh Peck. I have spent the past two days listening to your audiobook. I have never listened to an audiobook before. It was the best experience of my life. It was so funny. I was laughing hysterically out loud by myself. So I just need you to know that. Thank you. It was a, it was very intimidating reading the book because I have a lisp. And also, I don't really like my voice. I feel you like- You don't have a lisp in it. Thank you. That's so kind. Tell my wife. Okay. Can we talk about your wife for a second though? Because I don't know if you remember, but we used to be neighbors. Remember, of course. I okay. still live there. <laughs> you do? Yeah. I mean, we bought a house, like proper grownups, but it's not ready yet. Okay. So I Literally, I just had, I was at my mom's place before this because we had to film something for Mother's Day. But I was like, Mom, I, I need to go. I'm recording with Josh Peck. She goes, Josh Peck. <gasps> I used to be with him in the elevator all the time. Will you tell him I say hi? I feel like, I feel like he'll remember. And I was like, Mom, he's not going to remember you. I know I was in the elevator with him all the time. I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. Well, I, please tell her that I, of course, remember and that we had some incredible 15 second travels together. We we really have, and we've come a long way. So, you know, when they said, when people were like, you have Josh on the podcast, I was like, you mean my old neighbor? Like my old neighbor, Josh? I, so I, I just think of you differently. A lot of people want to put you in this box of Drake and Josh, but not me, not yeah. me. Were we like a cooler 1600 Vine, our little social media building? Because it was you and me and Lauren, or not Lauren, a Gen X pen. And, yep. it, and I think that, was there someone else there? I don't remember. But I remember just being obsessed with your wife because I was like, who is this like stunning and kind, cool woman? And then it was your wife. Yeah, I, I really married up. And women women love my wife. And I think it's because she is very nice looking, but she's like cool. Like, I don't think there's like an air about her. Well, yeah, because you'd like assume that someone that gorgeous is going to be just like a typical LA girl. And then she wasn't. And I was like, you're coming home with me. Like she's awesome. Do you, is it, do you find it's easier challenging? Maybe it's a stupid question, but easier challenging to make friends in LA. I definitely think it's challenging. I mean, I think that, you know, something I like resonated with, especially in your book is when you talked about kind of being in like the sober community, mm. because I was in it momentarily, which we don't need to get into, but I related to you kind of saying like, oh, there's some of like your best friends. And it's like, meeting people in ways you wouldn't expect it's i think it's hard when you want to do it in like a networking entertainment kind of way but when you really just actually find like-minded people on like a normal level having nothing to do with work that is when you get lucky in la and i feel like you've maybe found that through getting sober if i'm correct certainly yeah i mean there's like a weird language of the heart with people in that kind of and i i hate to compare pair it but it's it doesn't it's not always bad but it's not unlike if you met someone at church and yeah. i think it can be you know it, there's certainly negative connotations to that but there's a bit of that like fellow seeker like mm. i'm looking for something a little bit 
bigger than, you know, the finish line or hustle, hustle, hustle or what have you. And so there's kind of like, and it's also a little bit of an admission, right? Of like, I'm working on me because mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. perfect. What, what did you think of your brief sort of sobriety foray? I mean, I loved it. Like yeah. I look back on it with nothing but like gratitude and just, I think that like the, it really reconnected me with my faith and like being kind of like emotionally sober as well. Totally. And I think that's great, especially because like drugs and alcohol are sort of like the top tier. Like basically I think because their efficacy is so strong, the consequence is so bad that like they basically just burn down your life so hard that you have to do something about it or risk, you know, going to jail or worse. But like, there are so many people who are codependent or, you know, have like food things or, or spending things or like, right. it's like they're dipping their toe into it, but it's not something that necessarily will just drive your life into a tailspin. And like, and you know, I've been, I've gone to like a codependency, like 12 step meeting before. Yeah. And the things you hear in that meeting, you're like, wow. And, and people could spend 20 years being like, I don't know why I can't find someone. I just always seem to be attached to the wrong person. I'm like, well, where's the common denominator here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That is literally, it's so funny too, because when I was listening to your book, I was just like, he is speaking like the exact way. Like even when there was parts when I could just tell where you're like, you gave yourself like a compliment and then you like quickly were like, okay, but like, let me put it in perspective and like, let me let you know that I'm self-aware and like, I know what it sounds like. And so like, I just felt this like sense of you obviously grew up with like this defense mechanism of humor. So like almost giving yourself compliment and recognition isn't something that like came like totally, totally natural to you. And I just found it so interesting, like your language within it. I mean, even, even every chapter when you were like, and I'm like, yeah, do you want to be my dad? I was like, I still make that joke to this day with anyone that's a male. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, dad. Like, <laughs> so I'm glad you've like stopped looking for a dad. It's definitely opened my mind up to stop as well. But you obviously got back on like the social media and kind of when Vine and everything started, when did you start? Was the book your first decision to start being really open with like all of your like real struggles and real story? Or have you been kind of like teasing it up until this point? Because I didn't know you were sober when we were nabs. It's a great, it's a great point. I mean, the the sobriety thing specifically, like I, I'm always trying to sort of lead with attraction rather than promotion. Like, I, I there's this old saying, like no one wants to hear from like a reformed whore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like and so I I just always want to be like. And I love being around people who are like, have a healthy relationship with booze or like drugs are kind of a weirder thing. Um, but like, but if you can smoke a joint or, or have a drink or two and like become, you know, just fun and charming and, and a little silly, like, I love it. I love when my wife can like, and in, in enjoy in a, a margarita. And I never wanted to be sort of that like square sober guy, but it, yeah, I think writing this book was the first time where I was like, you know, the only way I've been able to walk through my life has been from people being willing to share their journey with me and their vulnerability. And look, the things that we do, and I think, Lauren, you're such a good example of this is like, you really took sort of your 
platform and said, like, how can I make this virtuous? How can I do some good? And I think it's kind of what we have to do. It sounds almost corny, but it's like, otherwise, and it is just a rat race for Hi, hi Max. This is Stop my Stop it. Oh, my God. Hi, Max. Yeah. Ah! I, I know. Did you, were you in the building when he was, when I'm pretty sure was I was born? like there, like right when, right when he was born. I definitely was there when Paige was pregnant, I think. But I just remember being like, that's so crazy. Like they're having a baby and it's coming home to the building. I know. He's <laughs> I so- felt so like, I was like, whoa, like I'm an adult. They're adults. <laughs> he's still a resident of the building. He's, he's, oh. a- I know. And listen, just as a side note, we miss you and we miss good neighbors because when we lived there, that building was having a renaissance. And now there's a bunch of college kids who moved in. Really? Yeah. It's like a big. You're probably like a freaking superstar over there, huh? Dude, I like walk into the elevator and I'm like, I'll tell you this the other day. I walked into the elevator and a girl who like somehow must have known that I lived there, but she lived there too. And like, I would assume that like the secret agreement is like, I live here. <laughs> you live here. Let's just keep it nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I walk into the into the the elevator and she goes, "Oh. I'm not calling you a truther." Like <laughs> like my my tagline from Drake and Josh. And I I didn't know how to react to that moment cuz I'm like if I feed into this, then I'm going to yeah. I'm going to be a jukebox. Like <laughs> when I see her in the hallway, she's going to be like, "Give me another hug, me brother." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just kind of smiled and I said, "Okay." And she was more fight really she was like oh and didn't know how to go forward and it was the longest elevator ride of my life oh my god well that makes me feel better because that makes me feel less embarrassed about my mom just like thinking you're like the nice man that lives down the hall i'm like mom he's from jake and josh she's like really (laughs) i'm like like, that's why his name is um josh mom anyway but no i think there's mom there should be like an unspoken rule of the living situations because you you will see that person again in said elevator. So like, but I'm a people pleaser. So I would be someone that would just kind of like do it and then like <laughs> instantly regret it. So I, I respect like the boundaries and the self kind of confidence you have with yourself. You know what I did notice too is like when I was listening to the book, it was kind of always like you wanted to do the next thing and accomplish the next thing and make sure you were successful. When did you like, cause even, you know, you get sober and you're like, oh, well I'm only an infant in sobriety. And like, I still have all this other work to do. And I was freaking dying laughing at the part where it was, what was before Red Dawn, after Red Dawn? Oh yeah. Like the- the abbreviations i i was like losing it in the car i don't know if it was just it was insane but like in like now like how do you feel content then because like your career hasn't changed you know like how do you then like find like peace and content and with this ever-changing industry of like there is you know always new things popping up and like you still keep having to audition and still go to meetings like i guess i'm just not there yet so i wonder how you've kind of coped with that just inner struggle well it's all it it's all a different grade right and and the reality is is like i talk about like the moment i decided to get sober when i was having like this apex sort of pinnacle moment in my career where i had this movie at sundance and i was 20 years old and all i'd ever wanted was to not be considered like the the chubby funny guy or the kid actor i just wanted to be an actor i didn't want to be a movie star i didn't have to be that impressive i just didn't want to have to like 
fight this origin story of mine mm. forever. I just wanted to be able to be like this guy who I grew up, who I grew into. And instead of like having my awkward teenage years in reruns. And, right. and so, you know, I, I just realized like whether it was something like Red Dawn, where for anyone who hasn't seen it, I played, I played Chris Hemsworth's brother. So obviously the casting director had like glaucoma <laughs> or some sort of eye disorder. Cause it just doesn't make sense. And 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 it was like literally an ego bonfire. Like it was me trying to act like a badass action hero and literally falling on my face so hard that I think review, reviewers asked if I had like some sort of mental disability <laughs> in the movie, which I might have. If like <laughs> ego run riot is a is a mental disability. I mean, technically, probably. It was so it was so bad. But yeah, at every turn and like and it's also sort of making peace. I'm, 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 I have this really small part that I'm doing right now in this new Christopher Nolan movie. And it's like, it makes, you know, it, it makes no sense for like the guy from Drake and Josh to be working with Christopher Nolan, but it's like, you get the part and it's exciting. And then you have the announcement and then everyone knows, and you're like, Oh, this is the best. And then you walk on set that, and you go, I'm a fraud. I'm an imposter. And then you go, no, I'm not like I, you know, like you walk through like that committee in my mind wants me to be really uncomfortable and it wants me to be unhappy because that's when I start doing things like drinking and that's when I do stuff like setting my life on fire. And so I have enough data now to support of like, no, maybe this isn't a coincidence. Like maybe you've done a really good amount of work and like you're here for a reason and you're equipped. You did sometimes. I just have to say, like, you did the work that was required. So all you can do now is put your best best foot forward. And maybe it'll be good. Or maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll be terrible. It'll probably just be fine. That'll be the I, next book. It'll probably just be fine. No, I was going to say, like, I actually kind of love that in a sense of, you know, everyone's trying to be, like, the biggest and the best or just is absolutely miserable. And whatever happened to just like living in the gray area? Like, why can't things just be okay? As long as, you know, you have like moments of joy, like when like your son walks on to camera and it's like, that's like this little creature that you made. Like, who cares if you get the role or not? He's so cute and he's there. Like, that's how my brain works because I look at you and I think, oh, wow, he was able to take his story and like put it into something that is tangible and is really going to help a lot of people because even if someone like a lot of obviously the theme of your book was being very uncomfortable in your own body because of weight but i i really just resonated to just that feeling of like i want to be like everyone else like i just want to be normal you said i could have all the success in the world but if i could trade it for just having two parents and like worrying about where i was going for spring break i would and i was like that is like describing me to a t even though i've never struggled with like let's say like body issues or whatever i just I felt that and I'm just so I look at you now after reading this book and I'm like, A, you had this incredible story to share that is going to impact so many people. And like B, happy people are annoying, but like you're you should be happy. And like, why are you not content and just realizing how amazing you are as a self-deprecating person? I I mean, I understand, but <laughs> it makes me want to like shake you and be like, Paige, like kick them or something, you know? No, and I I mean it the book is sort of like this bait and switch and it goes back to the thing we we're talking about before, which but I, I'm not sure I totally 
answered, but I think like happy people are annoying. You know, if you look at the, the, the cover of the book, it's just my big stupid face, like 40 year old virgin <laughs> style. But what it is, is it's, it's a bait and switch, right? It's like, you pick up that book. Cause you're like, I know that guy, like he's that guy I grew up with. And then the first page is like, I'm talking about the trauma of, of all of our childhoods, right? Cause we all, mm. I don't mean to make light of it when I say this, but like, we all have our sad story mm-hmm. and and some of it is 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 heavier than others, but inevitably it's like we're all these works in progress. And even if you had the best parents and the best foundation, we're still filling the gaps in what our parents gave us because they could only give us so much. And then life happens. And so, you know, I, I think I thought that life was or happiness was was sort of relegated to attractive people and the quarterbacks and people who were generationally wealthy. And I, I just assumed that people got like this manual for living that I didn't get. And it was only through walking through moments like having to lose a hundred pounds or deep professional insecurity, like with Red Dawn or drugs and alcohol or what have you. It was, it was walking through these things, living life on life's terms where I was able to define joy and happiness for myself. And I, I realized that like, I could write this book and be honest about my journey and give people a little bit of like a, um, a sneak, sort of a sneak peek into my life at a time where, where they were also watching me on TV. So they could be like, wow, like he was 21 and really insecure in that moment. Like, I just thought he was locked in a treehouse with Drake. But yeah, like, and you don't get that in a lot of self-help books, because it's just some guy talking to you. And you're like, I guess he gets it, but does he really understand? But hopefully people can feel like, oh, like I, I remember seeing him during that time. Yeah, it's almost like the kid you looked up to in high school, just like coming over and like actually telling you what was going on in high school and being like, whoa, but it, on like the most insane level ever of this TV show that we all grew up watching. And I think it's honestly like really cool to witness you go into this next chapter of your life like with your wife and with your son and what have been some things that you've kind of you know that make you feel good and you know sure of yourself and making sure you you don't kind of pass down that trauma and either whether it's like within your relationship and then obviously with like bringing children into the world because I think that is a fear for a lot of people that are either like ch- children of divorce, children of abandonment, and kind of you. You mentioned like briefly that you dealt with like some commitment issues of like you would be the one to leave, which I thought was interesting because like being the girl in the situation with the dad, it's you know like I was left in the same way, but like as mm. like a girl, like I don't. It, it's weird because it's like it's a male female energy thing where I'm like I'm the chaser, and you're you were like the goer. And I just, I just associate you with Paige. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I just associated them as like this, like happy go lucky couple. So how did you kind of wrestle with that and making sure you have a healthy relationship and feel confident as a father? Uh, Totally. I mean, I never met my dad. And so I noticed in relationships that somehow I was like perpetuating this bad behavior of this guy I never even knew. But, you know, he bounced on my mom the moment that she told him that she was pregnant and I would just see that like it basically it it there's that line from Fight Club which is like if our fathers are our models for God and our fathers leave what does that say about God and it was just I I just had this like scarface al pacino type mentality to relationships which was just like 
when natural conflict would occur, because it is going to happen no matter what, I believe that was a preview or a harbinger of more bad to come. And it was incumbent on me to be like, yo, I'm going to be fine with or without you. In fact, let me show you how fine I'll be. And I would leave the girl being like, this was literally a disagreement about like what we were going to watch on DVR. And like, (laughs) (laughs) but again, like in, in an effort to not get hurt and also having my foundation be like, nothing is forever because 50% of like my parental system wasn't here. Um, Yeah. I just really wanted to prove that I was going to be okay without you. And what my wife taught me was like, and she comes from this really healthy family system, which is why I defer to her on pretty much 99% of parenting (laughs) was like, I couldn't believe it because we would like get into things and she, she would have none of that anxiety about fixing it right away. She would just be like, yeah, we can deal with this now. We can deal with it tomorrow. We can go to sleep angry because family doesn't leave. I'm not going anywhere and neither should you because family doesn't leave. We'll figure this out. And that was revelatory to me. I'd never felt that idea before, but you know, that was what was ingrained in her. But I'm interested. So you ne- you never met your dad too, or do you have? I would I would say I've met. Um, yeah. I say I, I I got two per, two for the price of none. So I met my biological father for the first time since I was like two, like a year ago, Whoa. through my emotional sobriety journey, which I thought was interesting because it was around the same age that like you got curious about yours. I'm telling you, I'm like the girl thin version of you. It's crazy, <laughs> um, and. Uh, Then I had a stepdad that I just had like no like emotional relationship with at all. Like no like father figure, like no father daughter dance. Um, And now my mom's single. So I'm just like very much like, you know, my mom had me when she was young. It's always been like me and my mom in a sense of like all my siblings are younger. Like I got this. Don't worry about it. But it's, you know, I always think too, I, I think well, like we turned out like fine. So how perfect of a parent then do I need to be? Because I'm pretty, pretty hilarious Mm -hmm. and, you know, do a pretty good job at work. So how good of parents do we need to be then? Because our moms did a pretty good job, no? So I wrestle with this in my head. Our moms are awesome. We can't discount the moms. And you'll, you'll see Lauren, like when, you know, one day when you have a kid, like my wife had COVID in early January. And so she was quarantined to our room for five days. And like, this was certainly a time with my Jewish mother where I was like, ma, I need a little space. You're encroaching. <laughs> like, and of course, like, then the universe is like, okay, cool. Well, here's your kid alone for the next five days. Like, and within like 24 hours, I'm like, oh my God, like she did this for 18 years. Like my mom had no one and that's what single moms do or any single parent, but like, especially moms, uh, raising a child is, is beyond and doing it alone is like, it's, I, I can't even wrap my head around it. So yeah, we, we benefited from having like what I assume you had, like I did like a deep sense of like love and safety, which I think is first and foremost for a kid. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, I love to just how kind of how you've persevered through like, cause you know how you said everyone has a sad story. Mm. I, I like that you kept 
like pushing yourself to make sure your circumstance wasn't bad and made sure you were like going to get out of these things. And I think that a lot of people like right now at the age that my listeners are at too, are feel very like unsure and uncertain, imposter, like what should I be doing, but are very like afraid of change mm-hmm. and don't almost like take action. And I guess I'm just wondering from like all the things you've had to actually change in your life to make sure you get to the next best version of yourself. Like what is kind of your advice for young people that are kind of in it? You know what I mean? They're like in the fight currently. Oh man. There's so many things I could say. I would say imposter syndrome is like literally it's been researched as like a normal, a hyper normal feeling of high, highly achieving people. So mm. you are not alone. Um, the good news is no one's thinking about the fact that you're an imposter because they're busy thinking about themselves. Um, but it doesn't discount the feeling. It can be, you know, like most assets in life, um, in surplus, in too much, it becomes a defect, right? So if your yeah. imposter syndrome drives you to be ambitious, to make yourself bulletproof, to make yourself undeniable, to really double down on, you know, Red Dawn's this great example. Like I felt like an imposter because here I was, I'd lost a hundred pounds and I'm like doing the action star role. And I'm not like, you know, just the guy from Drake and Josh for once, but the imposter syndrome drove me to be fraudulent because I let go of everything good that had worked for me up into that point. And I was like, total that people pleasing mind of, how can I give the producers, the world, what I think they want instead of doubling down on what had gotten me to this point, which was like, maybe the producers know who they cast and maybe yeah. I can be an action star. Who's kind of funny and like, yeah. who like can punch a guy, but then like shakes out his hand. Cause he probably broke like his finger. <laughs> you know? Like, so I think there's that part of it too. And yeah, I, I would say this, like pain has been a great motivator in my life. I never learned anything on a good day. So don't judge yourself against who you were as in high school or college, or don't judge yourself against these anomalous moments where you're like, but I was crushing it then, or it was so good here. It's like life demands that we have these bottomed out moments, even in our 20s, even with perfect parents or a Ivy League education or all the things I didn't have. But even if you do have all that, it's like life demands us to like be driven to our knees sometimes and be like, now what? Yeah. And, and that step out of there, I always say, I know what that feels like and it can feel so rough and, and my heart goes out in those moments because I know how painful that can be. And the true silver lining to it is it's a great place to start. Yeah. I mean, amen. I think that before I let you go, I want to know like, what is the one either like most surprising or like kind of like main thing that's been happening for you since people have been reading the book and listening to it and talking about it? Like, what are you just kind of like, oh, wow, it's out there. And now like, this is the reaction that is just amazing. I mean, I, I, to your point, like I never had been this honest. I didn't even realize it's funny. I was sitting with a couple of sober buddies of mine um, recently and I was like, wow, you know, people have like really reacted to the book in this positive way, but also been like, Jesus, dude, you've been incredibly raw. 
like you were really pretty transparent. And my buddy was like, yeah, you've kind of kept this a secret for 14 years. And I guess because I lived with it in my everyday life, I didn't think that me introducing it into sort of the public lexicon would be um, would be jarring, but it, it has been. But again, it's like some a few people have reached out to me and said like they've been looking at possibly going to a meeting or or getting sober from what they read in the book, and like it at the very least, if that's what I get out of it, it was more than worth it. You know, if one person's like willing to do a little bit of examining in that area, it's like, it's just great. So it, it's been, uh, it's been a really, it's been a really good experience. I, I, I'm proud of it. Well, you should be. And it's also like, absolutely hysterical. It's <laughs> inspiring, impactful, but like, you know, you can get a lot of stuff from self-help books, but you can't listen to them on Audible and just laugh by yourself in the car. So I've just... Um, as a you know, a former neighbor, so proud and happy for you. As a shitty podcast host, I'm so grateful that you came on to chat about it. And what do you want to promote? Where would you rather them buy it? Do you want them to download it? Do you want them to listen to it? What do you want? I want to give it to you. Well, I'm honored to be here with you. We miss you in the building. Are you still in LA? I'll be back in LA. I'm in Chicago right now, but I'll be back. You, you, our mutual friend Claudia gets to Chicago tomorrow, so Cute. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a groupie. So you know, we love Chicago. I love staying in Evanston and going to the, um, uh, yeah. Well, I, I wow, like, I like Evanston. And then where's? I, I always stay right by the airport because they have an incredible outlet mall. Okay, can we talk oh, about it? My God, it's lovely. I've never heard anyone say this about visiting Chicago. Like, no joke. Here's, I didn't even know this. Here's the hack. Okay, you stay by O'Hare. They have a nice Lowe's hotel, four stars. Nothing to you know, nothing to sleep on. There's a Giordano's <laughs> within 0.8 miles, so you want deep dish. Facts. You Facts. can go there. Sure, there's other places that might be better. Dare I say it? But it's fine. Does the no? Job. I mean, honestly, like. I trust you. I trust your travel instincts, to be honest. Like you have gone back and forth to each coast. Like, you know, your stuff, like you're not sleeping on anything. Dude. How about in 2014, I believe it was, I went there and I discovered that hotel, that Giordano's and those outlets. Cause I was at the convention center doing influencer con with a, no. a one Nash Greer. I don't mean to brag. Um, and I didn't realize you were so famous. Some pretty big. I didn't vinyls. realize you like knew so many cool people. Like <laughs> I would have been way nicer in the elevator. Andrew Bachelor, aka a young King Batch. I don't mean to brag. I didn't even know it was. Is that his name? Yes. I didn't even know this. Like. <laughs> I just, I mean, I've definitely like taken a couple selfies with Nash Greer at like events. Like, I don't want to like brag, but like, I've definitely been a fangirl in my time. Um, and that's why I had to leave LA, you know, like I had to get out of there for a little bit. I was like, there's too many platforms. There's too many people. And I had to go for a minute, but I will be back. So I will be harassing your wife. Please do. Um, hopefully we're not living in that building any longer, but we, yeah. Uh, Are you guys moving to the Valley? No, we got a, a house by the beach. Oh, <laughs> Okay, book deal. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, advance. <laughs> okay, book deal advance. Well, when I go to the beach now, I know who to text if I need to use a restroom. Please. We listen, 
I know what it is. I'm I'm a young Jewish king, so I know what it is to need a, a close bathroom at all times. We don't have to go further. So please feel yes. free. Open door policy. But um, yeah, you can get the book on Amazon, and uh, and I've got my podcast, Male Models, and I'm so glad to be here with my former neighbor and hopefully future one. Of course. I will I will write a book and meet you guys at the beach. Just give me a little bit of time. We like love just it. Yes. Thank you so much. I will let you go. Please send my best to Paige. Tell her I say hello. I will. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's podcast episode. Make sure to boost my mood and yours by doing something kind, which would be rating this podcast five stars and leaving a nice review. We also have some exciting stuff coming up with mood in regards to merch and giveaways. So I highly recommend you go over and do that little follow thing at mood with Lauren Elizabeth on Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe when you think of a friend in need and know they need to boost their mood. Send them one of your favorite episodes. And in the meantime, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.